0: hello again pats pals and foxborough friends we welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of the six rings and football things podcast a presentation of weei odyssey and 2400 sports today is the debut of our weekly mailbag podcast that's right where we answer the questions asked by you the foxborough faithful and six rings listeners thank you guys so much For giving the podcast a chance, listening, playing along, tolerating, chirping at us, and having a good time as the Patriots season is underway, one in three following last Sunday's emotional 27-24 defeat at Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Please make sure to tell your friends to give a listen to the podcast, rate, review, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app, and wherever awesome pods are found. And give us a follow at Six Rings Pod. And of course, follow the boys, wouldn't you? At Shime Time, at Jumbo Heart, and at Fitzy GFY. So, this is a fun way for us just to connect with you and answer your questions, a little feedback form. And it starts actually today with some comments uh, related to the tight end position. I just was listening moments ago to Bill Belichick's weekly press conference. Of course, uh, somebody asked him a question about a guy by the name of Fox, the punter in Detroit. And so Bill Belichick got going because he popped a, a little special teamer, if you will, on that one, uh, talking about how he's a great kickoff, great on kickoffs, great punter. Uh, and also Detroit last week ran a little special teams trickeration with a fake punt and a nice pass. Uh, and then Andrew Callahan, our pal from the Boston Herald, asked Bill a question about injuries and uh, how John was doing, the progression of Mac Jones, and of course Belichick delivered one of his signature like, oh yeah, we'll be on the injury report and can't wait to get that to you as well. Um, One of the injury related questions circulating right now around the team as they prepare to take on the Lions Sunday, one o'clock at Gillette wearing those glorious, beautiful red Pat, the Patriot throwbacks. I've seen pictures of the stadium. Oh, it looks wonderful. It's Gillette done up like Foxborough slash Sullivan slash Schaefer, the glory days of old. Let's hope they don't play like it's 1982 or 1991 all over again. But, With Jonu Smith injured, according to a report from Ian Rappaport at RepSheet, uh, Zach Cox quote tweeted it and said, the Patriots only have two tight ends on their roster, so this isn't ideal. Might see a Matt Sokol elevation this week. I agree with Zach. As a matter of fact, I actually hope we do because Sokol, who looks like he was bred at the same factory where Matt Lengel was created, of course, he being one of those Gronk clone type of, Looks like Gronk, can't play like Gronk, but he's a pretty damn good blocker, tight ends. It'd be a great week to see him come up, provide a little extra blocking on the line. If indeed it is Bailey Zappi, private first class, starting under center, getting his first start, but second game action and his first start at Gillette Stadium. I think the Patriots could probably use a little extra protection this week for Bailey Zappi to give him time to make the right reads and not have to scramble or try to pass under duress because he'll be dealing with a pretty decent Lions pass rush, which includes uh, rookie Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, who's excellent at getting around the corner and after the quarterback as well. So I agree. It'll be, we'll see what it's, how long John is going to be out. Obviously he hasn't made any significant contributions on the second year of his four year deal. Uh, we keep waiting for John who Smith breakout season. Uh, his main contribution is giving us fodder on talk radio, podcasts, blog columns, and more as to our continued frustration with him he won't be emerging. Probably will be out a couple of weeks. So I could definitely see a Sokol elevation coming this week. The tight ends though. They got to get it going. Oh,
2: hello. Fitz, I do Justin have a, do have a question. Yes. Good. How are you? I do have a really? question regarding the tight ends. Oh, what is it going to uh-huh. take to get these guys going?
0: Oh, look at that. A couple of minutes in and we already have a Turp chirp. How about that? Producer Justin Turpin with the Turp chirp of the week. What is it going to take to get the tight ends going? That's a great question. You know, I just saw a tweet a few minutes ago from uh, a friend, Bob, the stat man. Um, he had an interesting point. He, he uh, he's a keeper of a lot of great statisticals about the Patriots, uh, a, a veritable self-made historian. And uh, Terp, he said, the last time the Patriots wore the red uniforms was when Gronk caught two touchdowns for them in an overtime win versus the Jets in October of 2012. So it's actually been almost 10 years to the date, Turp. Um, will any Pats tight end have a touchdown reception in their game against the Lions on Sunday? Uh, do you remember that game, Turp, By the way, it was a great game. Uh, Ninko, who I heard earlier this morning on the Greg Hill Show, talking about his concerns about letting his children play, concussions, et cetera. Um, Ninko ended that game with a sack on the Sanchez. Remember
2: Is that, that right? I, yes. I don't remember that one. That was a little bit. Yeah. 2012, I was still a little bit younger on the younger side. So what are you talking really about? That.
0: Stop making me feel old. Come on. I'd like to live like I'm young. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to live forever. Terp. Um, yeah, it was a great game. Uh, I don't know if uh, you know, Detroit Here's the only thing. What's it going to take? It's going to take it's going to take uh it's going to take a, a great effort by the offensive line. Maybe maybe the elevation and emergence of a Sokol to allow Hunter Henry not to have to block as much. Uh, A little play action, maybe. If the run game gets established and the offensive line with Marcus Cannon, I'm hoping starting over Isaiah Wynn again this week, maybe Isaiah Wynn comes in in those jumbo packages. If the offensive line holds up, you get the run game going. Maybe that will free Hunter Henry up to take advantage of a Lions defense that can't cover uh, the news, let alone a tight end or a wide receiver. They give up as many points as they score a game, around 35. So this could be the perfect week. To get the tight ends going. I mean, it's been a it's been a pit. They have been a non-factor this season. And it doesn't bother me about the salary of 12 and per Janu and Hunter. It's just not a weapon. Like you, you're you're working the run game and you're working the outside, but the middle of the field has been non-existent. So to me, it takes great blocking and it's gonna take getting the run game going. And maybe this week we can see Hunter actually get a couple passes. Shine pointed out to me. You ready for this? Shine pointed out to me on our earlier edition of the six rings pod this week that the tight end uh, second year, I think it is maybe, uh, no third third year, tight end. um, uh, What's his name again? Um, For the lions, TJ Hawkinson, the the Hawk. I was going to say the Turk. I said, I'm looking at turf, TJ, you know, know Turkinson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Senior. uh, We need a sponsor for senior moments on the six rings pod here. Thanks. Good job. Fitz Um, TJ Hawkinson had like an almost 200 yard game last week in their loss to the Seahawks. He had two catches in that game that had more yards, each catch had more yards than Hunter Henry has on the
2: season as a whole. That That's crazy. And they had that in the, one, the fourth quarter. He had like a 75-yard game. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was insane. It
0: was insane. He all made it all the way down. It, it was of like, hair rumbling and stumbling
2: all the way to the three. And that uh, guy has a great head of hair. His he, hair is amazing. I, it's I mean, a he moss. Is,
0: he now finally has a game that matches the lettuce. Like Yes, it's, he has. It's awesome. Oh, He's got sick flow, and now he's got a sick game. So this is going to be a big one Sunday, Turp, for Duggar or Phillips or Bledsoe or whoever they decide, like, listen, you you have to know where this guy is. If Amon Ross St. Brown is active, you're going to have to put your best guy, maybe Jack Jones, gets to work with him. Probably actually could be familiar with him from being in the Pac-12 as well, Arizona State and USC. you got to have a safety keeping their eyes on the Hawk and his beautiful flow all game long because he went off last week. Oh, don't you miss when tight ends were involved in the game, Turp?
2: Very much. Very much too. so. All
0: right. Let's get them going and let's get these mailbag questions going. Thank you for that turp trip. All right, here we go. To the Facebook and tweet machine at Jason V Trades. We've been waiting all season to see Zappy light it up in one of those throwback unis. Do you think he gets the nod on Sunday? Absolutely, I do. A hundred percent. I think number one, Brian Hoyer will be. Uh, A inactive this week, not a healthy scratch. I think he'll be inactive because of the excessive precaution shown towards quarterbacks and anybody who recently may have had a head injury, a concussion, gone into the protocol, visited the little blue tent. So they're going to use an abundance of caution when it comes to getting Hoyer back out there for practice on the sideline and game action as well. I think they're not going to rush Mac Jones out there as well. I think there's probably an internal confidence within the Patriots After the effort they showed against Green Bay in Lambeau to push them to a 70-minute game, to the last second in overtime, that if they play the same level of football, if they bring the same energy, the same resilience and fortitude, don't make any mistakes, tighten it up. If they tighten her up, uh, shout out Mike Vrabel and Tennessee Titans there, tighten up, then they should be able to handle the Lions on Sunday, even with that impressive offense that they've shown thus far. And Bailey Zappi, don't rush back, Mac Jones. Give Bailey Zappi a chance. Give the fa- like the fans will also love it. Like if Bailey Zappi has a game similar to how we played last week, but maybe attempts will say seven more passes. Let's say he can go like fourteen for twenty-two, one sixty, and a touchdown. Can you imagine how Gillette, which honestly lacked a little fan participation, there was none of that fanmalistic Foxborough energy early on in the game against Baltimore. I saw some empty seats. Tailgate was kind of flat. Now you got the Pat the Patriot throwbacks. You got people fired up to wear the old uniforms to see them out there. Have the stadium resplendent in the red, the white, and the royal blue. God, I wish they made these the all-time uniforms. Bailey Zappi throws a touchdown Sunday. The place will be packed. I'm expecting a great tailgate, and it will positively, absolutely explode. I, I think Zappi's been terrific. Do not expect some, you know, fantasy. No, don't pick him up for your fantasy team. Don't expect some insane stat line Sunday but something along those lines would be highly desirable mixed in with a powerful run game. Uh, yeah. So I do think Zappy gets the start on Sunday after that. We'll see, but I think you got to g- give Mac and the ankle and that high ankle sprain, at least one more week uh, from at uncle buck, six, one, seven, which rookie has impressed you the most this season? And do you think any others will have their moments? Uh, as much as I want to say, Jack Jones, who obviously had the flashy plays last Sunday, the forced fumble and recovery, the pick six, some excellent coverage. He has had his moments where he's been bad in run pursuit. The edge has been set against him. He's got some tackling issues. And I know there's some concern about the fact that he's only 5'10", a buck 75. Uh, He, yeah, he's got, he's got some work to do on some of those fundamentals. But at the same time, you love what you've seen from him in terms of the attitude and the swagger, what I love to call swagitude. Um, He's highly confident. He doesn't want you trying to throw those out routes against him because that's disrespectful. He's got a nose for the ball. He's an absolute playmaker. Uh, And I think he's going to end up being uh, a major contributor this season and for years to come. Uh, Marcus Jones as well. Love the fact that he goes from nowhere. One of the great special teamers in recent college football history. You give it to Miles Bryant for three weeks and everyone's like, what the hell are you doing, Belichick? Get Marcus Jones in. This kid kid scored four different ways in college. Let's go. Comes in. Now he's leading the NFL in kickoff returns after one week, and is a dynamite punt returner. I'm so confident in Marcus Jones this week. I told Shime I am ready to find out what the prop bet is, no matter the odds, on Marcus Jones taking one back to the house this week, and I'm betting he does it. And if he doesn't, I'll eat a hot potato chip next week on the show. I think he's going to score. That's how confident I am in him. But the one that's impressed me the most, not even zappy, it's been Cole Strange. I think Cole Strange has been sneaky excellent. I know we all, I'm guilty as charged. Uh, Guilty as charged. I freaked out about it on draft night. I was on the air with Hart and Mutt. Uh, I lost my marbles. I couldn't believe that they traded away Mason, created the need, and then took a guard out of UTC that most of us had never heard of, who likely was going to be a second or a third rounder. And he's been excellent. You know, I'd heard from Andy said he looked impressive when he saw him at camp. Matt Light told me on a pod during the summer that he thought he was going to bring the edge and the nasty and some power back to the line. You know, slow your roll on competent to Logan Mankins, but he was going to definitely bring some nasty and some edge back to the line. He's done a great job so far. He's only allowed a couple pressures. I believe one sack is on his record thus far, but in the run game, he's been sealing guys off and blowing people up left and right. And there was concern about the fact that he had great upper body strength, big boy, but he didn't have enough trunk yet. And would he have the power to hold up on the the bottom side against some of these bigger tackles? And thus far, he has have a pretty good challenge ahead of him Sunday with that nasty Dan Campbell coached defensive line from Detroit but Cole strange has actually been kind of worth the pick and and uh all the doubters and the naysayers have gone back into their holes their rocks and their basements and Cole strange is feeling the love and as I often often like to say like the kids do I'm here for it all right next comes from Scott Allen on Facebook why is it Matt calling the plays now that he has some free time okay can Mac call plays? No. Is he going to call plays? No. Could Hoyer assist in the play calling because he's sort of a de facto backup quarterback slash QB coach slash offensive assistant?
2: Uh, I,
0: I'm, I, not necessary. And Mac, no. Can Mac possibly be on the sidelines, not being a distraction, but rather helping Bailey Zappi out? Absolutely. That's Max. The greatest thing Mac could do is help Bailey Zappi show him some things he's never seen before, prepare him for some fronts and scenarios, blitzes that the Lions who are kind of a blitz happy team are likely to throw his way. You don't need him calling plays. I think it's time we all sort of like walk the Matt Patricia slander and Matt Patricia play calling criticism back. I think he's in the perfect spot now and working with Bailey Zappi for the next couple of weeks, as much as it's going to help Zappi, I think it's also going to help Matt Patricia. They're going to get the, what the Patriots do best. Ground and pound, some play action and some RPOs. Mix the three up together in a nice capacity to always keep the defense off balance and on their toes. And that's going to help the Patriots offense grow. And with that will come points, confidence, and hopefully some victories as well. Uh, All right, this one didn't come directly at me, but I saw this circulating earlier on the interwebs. Uh, This one comes from, um, hmm, sounds like a real up and comer. At Edelman 11, will the Pats make the playoffs? This question was actually asked to Julian Edelman and inside the NFL, which he does a great job co-hosting, uh, providing his uh, insight and his opinion and his very handsome analysis on Paramount+. Plus. He was actually asked this question and he did a little social media hit where um, he answered the question and then Brandon Marshall jumped on board and gave him some business. And they had a nice little robust discussion. It's uh, about a minute long or so. Uh, turp, why don't we roll that in?
1: Will the Pats make the playoffs right now? They need to just worry about winning a game. All right, like it's way too early in the season to think about the playoffs, especially when you're on your third quarterback, Zappy. Zappy, Am I saying it right? I keep on thinking Zippo, like a lighter. That's what I was thinking about when he came in. Maybe it'll give him a light. No light. No light. It was still great to see the Pats compete against Green Bay in Lambeau and that's what they're going to be they're going to be a competitive football team but as real as it's as real as it is it's real right now they're, they're right now they can't think about the playoffs they need to think Let's about winning a the game Let's they gotta, they gotta they can think about winning a game when have you ever heard this come from a Patriot we're just happy to be in the game really always they're selling for that week to week Oh it's a week-to-week week kind of thing. We're, we're, we're just happy to be in Week-to-week. Week. What is that? More victory? We were in the game against the Green Bay Packers. I mean, when you're on winning teams, you what? have y- you develop this, this mindset of short memory. It's over. It's not over. It's over. <laughs> it's not over.
0: All right. You heard it straight from the mouth of the squirrel himself. JE11 right there. The Patriots don't need to worry about making the playoffs right now, and you don't need them to worry about making the playoffs. You shouldn't worry about that. You may want them to. I want them to as well, but they need to just literally it's week to week. Now last week, it was day by day this week. It is week to week. They need to win a game. Worry about winning the game first. Let's go week to week. And I know that Marshall was kind of trolling them there and having fun saying like, is this is what it's come to. It's not the same Fox, bro. It's not the same Patriots. We all need to recalibrate our expectations and the thought process around this team. It's not just wake up. Wash, rinse, repeat. We're already in the AFC Championship, and where are you going to sit on the parade route this time? Now it's hey, there's ten rookies on this team. We're trying to see who's a gamer and who's going to be part of this Bill Belichick Patriots 3.0. Who's part of the Foxborough future? So let's just worry about the now before we get way out ahead of ourselves, out over our skis, worrying about what it's going to be like in January. The Patriots they're sitting one and three. They've got two division, they have two conference losses, one within the division. Not great, Bob. Uh, they're currently in last place in the AFC East. Uh, and while I think the schedule softens up enough, I know I, I get trolled for it a lot of times leaning on some of these stats. I know my podcast partners didn't love it, but I remember, uh, Evan Lazar sharing this week from football outsiders that the Pats had the fourth most difficult schedule over the first four games. And now it eases up a little bit. It's technically right now considered the 11th easiest. You can look at it and do the math yourself. There are some winnable games on the map. So Let's just take it one game at a time. A win Sunday against Detroit puts you a hell of a lot closer to 500 than a loss Sunday. And uh, that's all you want to see. So good job by you, Bubs. All right, next one. From at TB12 underscore ride or underscore die. All right, million questions right there for me. How many different versions of that were already taken that didn't involve multiple underscores? Was not TB12 ride or die taken? Couldn't just do one underscore? Okay, fine. You know, whatever it is. Appreciate the follow. Appreciate the question. Fitzy, say one thing negative about Belichick and the job he's done over the last three years. Okay, gladly. 2020, the draft. Bill drafted two tight ends. Two. Neither of them is on the roster anymore. There was a failure to prepare for the position in the post-Rob Gronkowski era. Maybe they thought he was going to come back. Maybe they weren't prepared for the retirement. He caught them off guard, told them too late in 2019. That's how they couldn't get Jared Cook in the house. And then in 2020, they go about addressing the position by trading up in the third round for not one but two tight ends. Most of us had never really heard of. A bunch of us can went went about, uh, you know, convincing ourselves we're going to be immediate contributors to the offense. There's still no greater ice cold take in the history of WEI than Wiggy saying that Devin Asiasi could have 80 catches in a season. Guy had two catches and one touchdown over his two seasons, two plus seasons with the Pats. Dalton Keene had three catches together, five catches for two third round tight ends taken in 2020 and zero action or relevance from either of them, basically in the NFL or on your Patriots now. So yeah, Bill crapped the bed on that one. That's one of many times Bill has done something wrong. It's okay. Just because you may still be a diehard Pats fan and a Belichick defender and a member of camp in bill. We trust doesn't mean that you think he does everything right. And the sun rises and sets uh, up, up his hoodie that has a lack of sleeves. No, that's not how it works. I tend, I tend to think the guy's a pretty great game preparer. look what he did last Sunday as well, but has he made plenty of mistakes? Yeah. To err is human and Belichick, the football robot is as well, though he seems like artificial football intelligence personified. Next comes from miggity underscore All right. Hello, miggity. Here we go. I'll be rocking that red Vrabel jersey at the Titans at Washington game on Sunday. Go Pats. I love that. I love the red the red Vrabel throwback, which also was a Ninko because that was number 50. I love that Pats fans are so fired up to rock the red throwback. I don't know what it's going to take to get them to ever consider going back to that personally. I do not like. No, I hate. I. I no. Not hate's a strong word. Save the hate if you're ever gonna bust it out for something that deserves it. I don't like the all blue navy color rush. Ugh. I just it's very mid, very mid. Is that what it, Terp? Can you uh, jump in real quick? Uh, is that what the kids are saying these days? If if I don't like something, yeah, you're muted there, pal. Jump back in there. Unmute yourself, please. It is. Let me, help, let me help you yes. do your job. So Thank if you. I think something is very blah, very meh, I I would say it like. I'm not a fan of the color rush, so I'd say it's very mid.
2: It's mid, correct. Yes. It's mid.
0: Any other sort of any other synonyms for that or descriptives? Descriptors?
2: I don't know if they're safe for a podcast necessarily. All right. Why don't but... we
0: save those? We'll just go with mid. Okay. All right. So the, the Patriots in all blue Navy color rush home uniforms are very mid. I like the
2: white ones. Do you like the white ones? The white roadies? I do like the light ones. Those are pretty cool. Those yeah, are pretty but, sweet. But the I, red pat
0: the both... Patriot, like it's sexy.
2: I'm a fan of the, any white jersey. I just think white looks really clean and mm-hmm. red. Red's pretty sweet, too.
0: Okay. Now, would you say, and now is that, is the, is the whole uniform, is that a kit? Would you call, it, is that, a, is that a look? Is that an outfit? Is that
2: what, What? how should I describe this? Is, yeah. Now, is, does it work? I guess is it like, yeah. is it nice? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily love the newer jerseys. No. I, I but you love the reds, ones. right? You love the throwbacks. I love the reds. The reds are and the iconic
0: Pat the Patriot, right? Absolutely. Would you, uh, now, would you describe them as what I, Would I'd be best off saying they are fresh, are they fire, are they lit?
2: fire, fresh, not lit. I don't think lit They're would use lit. there, but fresher fire would work. I guess Okay,
0: they are fire, fresh, just like how Perfect. I would describe a hot sub. Great. <laughs> they are fire fresh. Thank you very much. Joe. All right. And thank you for, thank you for letting us know way to represent for Pat's nation at one of the lousiest stadiums in the NFL, the factory of sadness, that is RFK. All right. Couple more real quick. Fitzy's wallet. In these uniforms, I'll take the over. I'm going to the game Sunday, so I'll take all the Pats, overs, and throwbacks. I had said on Twitter that I put the over under on Matthew. Somebody said that Matthew Judon was going to look sick as he's been one of the promotional models for the Pat the Patriot red throwbacks. Somebody uh, said, uh, I think he's going to have a huge game Sunday. I know it. I think he's going to probably end up having to line up sometimes against Panay Sewell, who's one of the better. Young left tackles in the game. So it's going to be a tough game. I set the over under on Judon sacks Sunday against a guy like Goff, who's got a good arm, but can hold on to the ball sometimes too long and has taken a couple of sacks in his day. And Belichick has given a hard time too uh, at one and a half. So we're officially setting here on the Six Rings pod, mailbag a dish that uh, Judon is at one and a half sacks on Sunday. At Brady fan, 2177. This isn't exactly a question, but my heart hurts for TB12 and Giselle. It feels like there's been a death in the family. I know. I know. Isn't that awful? I, I, like, all of us rush to make our silly, stupid little joke like, well, I know Tom Brady is going to get divorced, but at least he'll still have his first wife, his forever love, football. I'm Hack Hackman with sports. Uh, guilty as charged. I did the same. But at the same time, like this, like, divorce sucks. I mean, probably a lot of you out there listening, you, you you, know it, you understand it, you've lived through it, whether you're a child of divorce or whether you've gone through one personally, if you have, I'm sorry, on both fronts. It sucks. There's nothing worse than when you're a child than the dissolution of your marriage and seeing your parents unhappy on their own, let alone together. And when you're one of the most famous people in the world, that look, uh, all the jokes that have been made about like, Tom Brady really blew up his family just so he could come back for a 23rd season, or Tom Brady blew up his family just so he could beat the Falcons twice a year, or Tom Brady blew up his family just so he could come back and lose by 10 to Mahomes and go through a bad season in Tampa. Uh, I saw another joke like uh, Giselle Buncheon joins Nick Foles and Eli Manning as the only people on earth to ever take a ring away from Tom Brady. Uh, uh, I hit the like because I wanted to save it because it was a good joke, but also I feel badly for him. I'm sure he's. He's heartbroken. He looks like, no wonder why he looks like he hasn't eaten in a month. He's starting to look like Adrian Brody in The Pianist. Like, somebody please get this man a sandwich. And not with sprouted bread and avocado, although avocado does have good fats. I mean, Brady, like, it was a bad decision. He should have stayed retired, I guess, obviously, and had other things to work on. But, you know, maybe Andy Hart was right. Maybe this does end poorly for him. Like, just like everyone always says it did, it ended poorly with the Patriots. And I know he, he wants to fix that as badly as we want all want him to fix that. And maybe it ends poorly here, too. It's just a bummer, but the jokes are pretty good. You know, joking. It's like the, the formula for com- comedy equals tragedy over time. And some people may say it's too soon, but joking is coping. And that's what helps us get through all this. Uh, and this leads us to our last question from Savage Sports at Savage Sports underscore. Would you want Brady to come back as the Patriots quarterback for a year before retirement? Oh, oh, not to be James Dean and Rebel Without a Cause, but you're tearing me apart. I mean, obviously, yes. To just experience the joy of the crowd chanting Brady's name and see him in a red-pat Patriot, the white, the navy blue, whatever. To see him trot back out on the field and hear the fans chant his name in a Patriots uniform. To watch him throw a touchdown at Gillette again. To run down the end zone and pump his fist. Scream, let's go, release a hype video for the Patriots. Everything that we bought into, that we defended, that we loved, that we based our lives around for two decades. Of course, I would love to see Tom Brady come back and play another year as a member of the Patriots. Maybe go to another Super Bowl and just wave. Hi, Tom, still love you so much. We'll forget the three years with our mutant cousins in Tampa and the Super Bowl with Gronk and AB. I love you so much. But the answer is no. He ripped the Band-Aid off for us. We've all moved on. I mean, let's just leave it as it is. Like we're talking about Brady sticking around too long maybe and coming back could only potentially have Jordan on the Wizards diminishing returns. Potentially, not definitely. Then again, the worst thing you could ever do was doubt Tom Brady. I don't know if he retires, maybe Mac Jones of the future uh, and he gets hurt again. Do you put in Bailey Zappi or does Belichick have, you know, tell Steve or Brian or one of the other 19 Belichicks to pick up the phone and make, I don't know. It's never going to happen, but wouldn't that be fun just once? Wouldn't that be great? But the answer is no, you can't, but it's a great question. All right, that wraps up the first ever edition of the Six Rings and Football Things Mailbag Edition podcast. Thank you guys for your awesome questions, for following along and your participation. And before we go, we would be remiss if we did not wish happy retirement to quarterback Blake Bortles, who hangs him up after one of the more interesting decades or just under decades. In the NFL, of course, Patriots fans will always remember Blake Bortles as the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Duval, who came in and gave the Patriots a hell of a run for their money in the 2018 AFC Championship. They had the lead. Doug Marone played a conservative at the half. Uh, maybe a whistle was swallowed in the second half. Brady to Amendola, awesome comeback. But for Bortles, it was that pass looking downfield to, oh going to say, uh, Dede Westbrook, I believe. And that great play, that iconic photo of Steph Gilmore reaching out and swatting the ball away. Oh, thanks for that, Blake Bortles. Thanks for everything. And of course, how dare I forget, Blake Bortles, thank you for this piece of internet gold.
2: What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning?
0: Um, Usually just piss. Okay. Ah, uh. <laughs> oh, one of my all-time favorites. Ah, oh, Blake, now you can finally pursue whatever scholarly or intellectual job or profession you were brought to this earth for <laughs> uh, all right great podcast thank you guys at six rings pod at fitzy gfy follow the boys at Shime time and at jumbo heart rate review subscribe please share uh we'll be back in just a little bit of time with our official lions patriots preview podcast and don't forget to listen to the six rings post game show sunday on weei following lions at patriots good day god bless and as always go pats